Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, good morning, church. On your way down, uh, you're already down, but just turn your head and nod at somebody and say, it's great to see you. And um, I... uh, at the prayer meeting this morning, which we, we have before we, um, before we start, well, let me say that we do start at that early hour, simply because it's vital and important for us that have perhaps had a lot on our minds in the morning driving to work, whether we fought in the car or whatever, we come together at 9 o'clock. And we straight away are put in our place, and God takes priority. I think some of the prayers that I hear are just amazing. It's inspirational. It's encouraging. Because we are a community, and I love community. I love the house of God. I love the people of the house of God. I determine to make friends And when I say friends, because I would hate to be somebody, and hate is a strong word, but I feel strongly about this. Anybody who does not have friends, please reconsider. If you're in this house, reconsider, because what a friend we have in Jesus, and Jesus comes through each and every one of you. You know, it's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. We laugh together. We cry together. We, ex- you know, we get excited about life together. And I just want to talk about that this morning because I have developed within me, and I believe that I'm on this journey still. But there's a developing taking place in me that encourages me to understand what unshakable means. Um, you know, it's, a, it's quite a powerful word when you, when you look at life and to be able to consider to live a life that is unshakable in God, I'm talking about. That's a powerful place to be. It doesn't matter what people can say to you. You are standing firm in the word of God. And I want to live an unshakable life. As a matter of fact, that's the title to my message this morning. Living an unshakable life. It's a powerful position to be in because the confidence that comes out of that gives you strength and encouragement to stand firm. You know, we used to sing an old song, Dare to be a Daniel. Anybody know that song? Oh, I'm showing my age now. (laughs) Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm and dare to make it known. I want to be like a Daniel. It doesn't matter what wind may blow my way. Wind of depression, of financial challenges, of difficulties. Ultimately, I want to be a Daniel. I want to be a David that will face all these Goliaths both physically and spiritually and be able to overcome them because of the power of the Word of God. When that is established in your heart, you begin a journey of faith that gives you strength and encouragement and somehow 
God places into your spirit something that you've got to do. And I remember the morning that uh, Brownie spoke of. And I just felt this urgency to go out and talk to him. And that was all. And I'm grateful that I did because he is one of the key team members, I feel, in our, in our fellowship. And such a big part, him and his family, they've been here for ages. And it would have been hard to have known that we just let him go. But I thank God for that. You, you see, the, there are these moments in time that define something significant that you were a part of. There are moments in our lives when issues will prevail in us and we have challenges and find it difficult to overcome. You know, moms, dads, don't stop singing these gospel songs to your children. They may not understand them right now, but there will be moments in their lives when some words from that song will resonate within them. And they will be able to stand firm and be people that will affirm what the Word of God is to them as a result of the songs that we sung to them in their young age. The only reason I remember those songs is because I grew up in Sunday school. And we used to sing all these songs like, Jesus is alive, He's the blood that sets me free. He's, you know, all the, and, and what a, an affirmation they are to me today. On Friday, I don't know, I haven't really come to anything. I will get there. I hope I'm going to have time because there's something that's very important that I wanted to share with you. Um, but on Friday, um, as I was getting prepared for today, um, I didn't go to work. I stayed home. And from about 8 o'clock in the morning till, I don't know, Pearl got home at about half past 3, 4, I was preparing a lot of this stuff and getting it ready. Um, I sat down, and I had the Gaither family, again showing my age, singing all these wonderful hymns that I've known for most of my life, and hearing testimonies of God's grace and of mercy. It was a special program that they had put together because of this COVID period and a lot of family friends were losing loved ones. And they put this together so that they would have faith and understand that God still loves them regardless of the pain that they've gone through. God loves them. And I thought about my mother and I thought about my two-day-old, was it two or three days? Pearl, where are you? Anyway, I think two days, I think it was, that he lived uh, because of some abdomen complications that they couldn't rectify. He passed away. And I thought of these folks that were in heaven and that one day I'm going to see them again. And then the Gaither choir sings beyond the sunset. Oh, gray, oh, glorious morning or something like that. And one of the team members recites this poem, Should You Go Before Me. It's talking about a husband and a wife, and the, and the husband is singing, uh, is, is uh, um, verbalizing this poem. He says, Should You Go Before Me? And I listened to the whole poem. And Pearl walked in. And I just started 
crying uncontrollably. Uncontrollably. I think throughout the course of the day, the emotions that were set up as listening to all of this and studying the Word and preparing, I think that was the final straw, thinking about my wife having to go before me. But saying things like, when you get there, please take your time. Every step you take, because I want to come and be a part of those steps that you took. Don't forget, I will be coming behind you. So take your time so that we can catch up and don't get too far ahead. And, you know, the whole thing. And when she walked in the door, she says to me, Brian, I've never seen you performing like this all my life. What's happened to you? But the whole moment broke me down. And I can tell you why that's happened. Because it's God's love that was stirred up in me. For moments such as those that I experienced when people are losing loved ones and the care in your heart for your loved one. I thought about my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. God, help me to affirm in front of them your love for them. And I want to talk this morning about being steadfast and resolute and staunch. That's what unshakable means. We are challenged in life. Psalm 27, one of my favorite psalms, and I'm hoping that I can get to that before the end of this morning. I've really got to move right along. My goal this morning, and I believe that's what the Spirit of God wants for us, is to change the way that we speak, not in style, but in content. And to fill our words with declarations of faith. Words that are true because God says that they are true. Words that will shake our lives and others into an unshakable life, filled with the blessing and the favor of God. You know, we ought to be reminded that in Genesis chapter 1, when God spoke and he said, let there be, and it goes on to say, and it was so. There is power in the words that we speak. If you want to see things come into being and into reality, let's be positive and speak the truth about it. Let me tell you that negative words destroy. They, 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 they bring you down to a level that you're not going to be pleased with. But positive words, when you see the change that it does in your life and in other, other people's lives, it's a great thing. You get a skip in your step. I've got one of the guys that works with me and sometimes I just want to grab him by the face and smack his head and say, wake up to yourself, listen to what you're saying. So nigga, oh, we'll never get this done in a half an hour. Oh, this won't happen because the paint's too weak. You know, I said to him, <laughs> this is a joke, okay? <laughs> no, what I'm going to say is a joke, not what I said before. <laughs> Repaint and thin no more. <laughs> Repent. Don't say those things anymore. Because we can do it, and quite often, most of the time, in fact, we'll get through it. Negativity doesn't help us. And if we're going to be in a company of people and speak negative words, you're not going to have that company for too long. But if you're positive, and I understand that people in reality go through a lot of challenges in life, and we don't want to negate the difficulties that they're going through, but what we need to share in that environment are words that will bring a positive 
attitude to their hearts, to their spirits, that will enable them to stand firm and say, you know what, I like talking to you. I usually play golf on a Saturday. And the boys all know that I'm a preacher, and they'll often make fun with me, and I'll join them in the fun. That's fine. But one of the guys that I was driving around in the buggy with yesterday says, Brian, I really enjoy riding with you. It's a great pleasure to have you as a friend. And I thought that's a great compliment. He's, he's, he doesn't go to church. He said to me once, he says, you know what? I might go to the church down at the Uniting Church there down the road, which is not far from me. I said, you go and hear God's word. You never know what God has for you at that meeting. But he said, it's great being with you. And that's a compliment. I mean, he could be somebody that would have said, Brian, I just think that you're a pain because you're often so negative about things. Now, don't get me wrong, because I sometimes do a lot of agriculture out in the golf course. I dig holes everywhere when I swing that club. <laughs> and all they do is just laugh and say, maybe it'll get better. I say, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's an attitude that you can display that will encourage others to be warmed towards you. Words have creative power. And there's a power to do good and to do harm or to destroy. We need to draw a line over that sort of attitude. Draw a line right now and step over that line and say, look, that's the past, my negativity. I'm going to be begin a new life of power and authority from the Word of God that's going to fill my mouth, faith words, words that will bless and words that will build success. Got on the board, I think on the screen, a person with an unshakable life is one who builds on the unshakable Word of God. It's not there? All right. We'll move on. Oh, there you go. A life that is anchored, immovable, and indestructible. Hallelujah. The key verse I want to share this morning is from Luke chapter 6 and verse 48. And it says, They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was built on rock and it was well built. And I believe that that's the key. Dig down deep. Read the word. It'll begin to lay that strength within you so that your life can be built on that foundation of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And floods and challenges will come your way and you'll be able to get through them. Psalm 16 verse 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Psalm 55 and verse 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. I just want to say something. I want to affirm some, uh, a good friend of mine, and he's here, Machoki. You know, have you ever sat near that guy? Can you, you, how inspirational is the man? I hear him. I was sitting out front, and I could hear him from where I was. Praising the Lord. God, you're good. You're awesome. You're great. Your majesty, I love you. It's just such an inspiration. Now, you tell me you come away from that feeling down, then I think something, you need prayer. <laughs> you need prayer. 
But I'm inspired by the man. You know, it's, it's words that are affirming what perhaps I find, I might find hard to display myself. At the time, you, you just don't feel up. Don't stop going to church, Brother Machoki. We need people like you in the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Awesome. So, let me just come to this first point. Wow. The power of a faith declaration. Point number one, a faith declaration is made when we declare the absolute faithfulness of God's word. You're in a position where you can say, I hold it in my hand. I have it in my heart. I have it in my lips. I live it. It lives in me. The word is my healing and it is my bread of life. The word is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It teaches me to laugh. It teaches me to praise. It teaches me to rejoice. Hebrews 4.14 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the praise, to the faith that we profess. And verse 15 goes on to say, I'll read that for you. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So what the scripture is saying, that I've positioned myself. I've set myself in a manner that I can look to God and in my heart there is that affirmation that I know God hears me. He's listening and he wants to bless me. He wants to pour out his spirit. He wants to anoint me with oil. And let me say to you that God was not mingy. Okay, he's not stingy. He will lavish upon you his favor and his blessing. And I, it's been my experience since ever since I've started painting again that God has provided for me in every way. I don't think there's been too many days where I did not have work. I've always had work. I'll get phone calls on a Saturday and a Sunday saying, look, I need a painter. Can you please come? It's just an incredible journey that God has had me on. And throughout all of that, I've been able to meet a lot of people. On, just on Thursday, I did a job for a lady over in Noosa somewhere, um, Sunshine Beach it was. And a lovely elderly lady, she comes up to me when I'm finished the job, and she just says, look, Brian, uh, you're a pastor. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. She says, look, I've got something to give to you. So I said, okay. I did some work for her about five years ago, four years ago, and she rang me up to come and do a small job, which I was able to fit in. Uh, and so anyway, she hands me this single bed doona. And uh, anyway, long story short, I took it home. I took it off her. She said she was going to take it to the off shop. So I said, I'll take it off you. Brought it home, Pearl nearly killed me. 
We've got many of these things. Why are you still bringing more? Well, my thought was, look, help this elderly lady out. Save her the journey. I, I can do that for her. But, you know, I thank God for the way that we can approach life and, and deal with others. And always be considerate in your heart that, you know, any little favor for somebody who's perhaps uh, in a in a difficult position, because often elderly people can't do the sorts of things that we might be able to, to help. Uh, I'm not suggesting for a minute that I'm 40 years old, but, you know, I'm in that category of age, too. <laughs> but to help each other out, just, it just takes a weight off their mind. And I could see that she was relieved, you know, to have me take that. But it's just a position that you find yourself in where willingly, without any effort whatsoever, it's just a natural response because God cares about the least things that we can do. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. Sometimes we find that there's struggles in life and difficulties, but for no word from God will ever fail if we can embrace the word of God and position ourselves in such a way that we can understand when God spoke the word, it came to pass. We are made in the image of God. He has placed his purpose upon our lives. He has given us the tools and the keys to be able to access, the, you know, a, a way to overcome and to do those purposes he's given us. No word from God will ever fail. I want that to sink into your spirit. We are on a journey. I don't expect you to straight away understand that. But in your journey, begin to, un to learn that God's word is true. When God spoke, it came into being. Things took place. And we have Christ living in us. And the word of God in us is true. So we need to come boldly into the presence of God and speak words that will encourage not only the ones we're speaking it to, but encourage us ourselves. In Colossians 3.16 it says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Songwriter says of these authors were singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That sounds sweet, doesn't it? Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm excited about the Word of God. <laughs> His Word abides forever. God's Word is true. God's Word is supernatural. God's Word is faithful. The second point that I have here is a, a faith declaration is made when our hearts and our mouths agree together with the truth. You know, sometimes we can say stuff and really we don't, we don't really mean it because in our hearts we're thinking, you know, I'm very uneasy with that. I, I, I don't think that's true. But we might say, and often when that clashes together, you will find yourself on the outer end of what you intended initially. You might have wanted to say something just because I think 
It's going to help that person. But folks, let me tell you, the reality of that situation is, if that person finds out what you really think, then that's going to blow who you are. So you need to be honest. You need to be open. But when I pray, but my prayer is that our honesty will be to build somebody up. Ultimately, I'm telling you the truth because this is the way it is. And we pray that God's going to help you to work through that truth. But let's do it in love and in kindness. I really believe that you need godly wisdom because the, the circumstances in which you find yourself at that point really needs to be clear in your mind. And we don't want to be going and jumping the gun, so to speak, and destroying people's lives rather than building up. I understand clearly that life can be challenging. It can be very difficult. But the word of God is with me. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 14 says, But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. The word is within reach for you. Let's study God's word. Let's, let, let's uh, allow it to, to, uh, to develop within us that gives us strength and authority and power to share. But, the, you know, Romans 10 and verse 8 through to 10 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth, and it is in your heart. That is the message concerning the faith that we proclaim, that if you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and it correlates with what you believe in your heart, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, I accept it in my heart. I believe it. That justifies me, but it is with your mouth that you speak your faith and are saved. The display of what the Word of God has done in us through your mouth helps, them, helps us and helps others to, account, to come to understanding of the Word of God. Matthew 12, 34. Brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's a challenge for us. If we are evil, it's going to come out, and we'll be found out, even though we might have a good thing to say at times, and please don't let me stop you from saying good things. And this goes for the evil person as well. Because in saying some of these things that are good, he might be on a journey to overcome the type of person that they really are. So let's encourage good words. Number three, a faith declaration is made when we speak God's word with a spirit of faith. I'm not going to get through all of these. So I've got about eight of them. And I really want to get to um, Psalm 27. Maybe write this scripture down. Or we'll read this one, Joshua 1.8. Speak the word of God with the spirit of faith. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Write this one down as well. 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. You might not have that on the overhead. 
And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. So we also believe, and therefore we speak. Let's give them number four. I'm going to race through these now. Sorry about that. A faith declaration is affirming something we believe and we stand upon. A faith declaration is affirming something we believe and we stand upon. Psalm 91 and verse 2 says this, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. It reminds me of a little story about a young lad that had some disease and it crippled his body. I think, was it called infinite, infinite, in, infinite paralysis? Is that the right terminology? Infinite paralysis? I think it is. But he had this disease and he was at school. But the amazing thing about him was that he was able to make friends of a lot of his classmates. So one of his classmates came up to him and asked him the question about what is wrong with him? Why is he the way he is? So he says he's got infinite paralysis. And his uh, classmate says to him, "Then, how is it that you've got so many friends and you, know, you connect with so many people? And he says, look, this infinite paralysis has got my body, but it hasn't got my heart. I thought, what a powerful testimony. It might have attacked me everywhere else but my heart. So friends, I'm just encouraging you this morning. Let your heart be true in the things of God. Allow the Word of God to form in your life so that you'll walk a pathway that regardless of what you may be faced with, the challenges, the joys, whatever it is, you still stand firm on the Word. We had... Um, you know, the Reformation, Martin Luther King, because he believed in the Word of God and he stood by God's Word, he hammered, what, 95 theses on the, on, the, on the door of the church saying the different things that he disagreed with at the time. And, and, and he, 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 he spoke about them often. He believed in the Word, not the church or the Pope. He believed in what the Word of God says, and because of the limitations the church was putting on the people to the Word of God, he stood up, and he made that declaration. And of course, we had the breakaway from the Catholic Church, the Day of Reformation. It's, it's quite a, a strong and a big thing to do for a young 33-year-old at the time, but he stood up for the Word of God. Number five, a faith declaration fixes the landmarks of my life, enlarging my inner man. And I feel that's the position that I'm developing into. My inner man is enlarged because it doesn't matter what takes place around about me. My foundations are in Christ. I believe that the strength that God has given me to this point enables me to say, yeah, I see what's going on around me, but my God has the answers to all of this. I'm not going to allow circumstances to change what the Word of God means to me. So whatever is happening out there, I've had COVID, I've been through those challenges, I've had sad moments, and I've been through them. 
I've had great moments, been through them too. I had to do a funeral service for my brother, which was quite difficult. But the love of God in my heart made me look beyond those challenges and at the people out there who I believe needed to hear the message of God's love, even during the difficult times. So we're working this journey, and I pray that you understand that life is a journey in the things of God. From glory to glory, He's changing us. We are getting betterer and gooderer <laughs> along this journey. Hallelujah. And I believe that you'll find such joy and peace when you get... So Joshua 1.8, it says that this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your, prosper, your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Isn't that right, Wayne? There's a raised hand there. I see that hand, brother. That's <laughs> Uh, Wayne loves the word and he's always quoting it and it's very encouraging. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Thessalonians, you won't have this one on the screen. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. Um, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. I've got so much more, but I'm just going to go through. And I want to get to this faith declaration uh, and Psalm 27. Let me just say this. Don't be defeated with your own words or of negative doubt. Don't be taken captive by negative words in your mouth. Proverbs 6.2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. Psalm 19 verse 4 says this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Write this scripture down as well. Psalm 141 and verse 3. First one was Psalm 19 and 14. Next one, Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Last one here is Isaiah 6, 7. And it says, And he touched my mouth with it, with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity or your sin is taken away. Your sin is purged. Ask God to purge your lips. Ask God to cleanse the way we see. Let's step over that red line and start being positive about life. The Lord, I'm going to read Psalm 27. Whoa. Psalm 27, I'm going to read it in its entirety. And uh, you can read it, or oh, it's up on, it might be on the screen. 
Let's read it together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Keep going. Of whom shall I be afraid? Yes. Verse 2. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble. Verse 3. Though an army besiege me, my heart, how powerful is this? And uh, the war break out against me, even then I will be confident. What is David really saying in those first three verses? I believe that what he's saying is, I will live strong. I will live strong. There's a statement that we need to employ. I am going to live strong. Every day you wake up in the morning, Lord, I'm going to live strong. Strong in the things of God. Verse 4. One thing I have decided, I've asked from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. I love the house of God. In verse 5 says, For in times of trouble, He shall keep me safe. In His dwelling, He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent. That's the house of God. And set me high upon a rock. My statement there, when I see David's approach to all of this, He's saying, I'm going to love God's house passionately. I'm going to love God's house and his people passionately. What a powerful statement to make. And now these are positive approaches to how you can start your day. And verse 6, please. And maybe, maybe I better read it because I'll probably get through this. And I got a different version here. And it says, And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I'm going to lift my head high. I'm not going to allow the enemy to drag me down. So verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. So my response, I'm going to have an overflowing heart when it comes to the things of God. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to sing His songs. Read his, an overflowing heart. Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God, of my salvation. Verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. I will turn to God, not only in the good times, but even in the bad times as well. So in other words, I will turn to God, the servant is saying, at all times. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as, and such as breathe out violence. I will walk on a level path, is what the psalmist is saying. I'm going to lead me on a smooth path because of my enemies. So regardless of what's happening around me, I'm going to walk on the smooth and level path. Last couple of verses. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He goes on in verse 14 to say, Wait on the Lord. 
Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What David is saying is that I will not lose heart, and I will never give up. I will not lose heart, and I will never give up. What challenges, what obstacles are you facing? that you feel that Psalm 27 can't help you to overcome. I believe that the psalmist here, and man, he had issues in life, believe you me, but his faith in God and his focus on the Lord and God's provision has enabled him to write in Scripture overcoming words of life. How can I live an unshakable life? Well, I believe we can do that by not losing heart, never giving up, by living strong, loving God's house passionately, holding your head up high as a child of God, and having an overflowing life, uh, as well as turning to God at all times. What a powerful and encouraging way to live your life. Don't depend on yourself alone. We all need each other. My, my dependence on you as the house of God and friends in the house is 100%. Because rubbing shoulders together, hearing your stories, sharing with you during times of difficulty, and you hearing my stories and sharing with me, that enables me to say, you know what? God, you're good. Thank you for the people that you've surrounded me by. Because whilst on the one hand the enemy tries to bring you down, there are people of God that lift you up. Words that inspire and encourage. And I want to encourage you this morning as we all stand together. I want to encourage you this morning to place your trust in God. Let your journey be one where daily you're affirming your relationship with God. Read the Word. Fill your heart with God's Word. Because the basis of that is going to be what's going to take you through life. In challenging times, that Word that you've read, you might not have understood it. You might not have understood it at the time. But there will come a moment in either your life, your children's lives, where you've shared the Word with them, when that Word will help them to overcome that challenge. And they will look back and say, wow, God, you're so good. That's been my experience. My parents loved God. My mom specifically dragged us to church where we had to walk miles to Sunday school. But I don't regret one moment of it. The experiences on my journey as a believer, over in South Africa, we went amongst the mulberry bushes and these young little Indian kids, because we had separate development and Indians were there and Africans and whites and coloreds. And we used to go into this Indian area. And through the mulberry, you'll hear the, you know, we used to sing that song, I can hear the rustle in the mulberry tree. I know, I know, I know the movie's on. God is moving. You know, they've built a church on that property, on that site in the bushes. It's no longer bush now, but development, but the church is right at that spot. And here was I, a young man, 
just giving my heart to Jesus. Being a part of Gideon's team, as we call him. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your redeeming power. Regardless, Lord, of what we've done in life and the challenges that perhaps we failed at, you still love us and you care for us. And Lord, to live an unshakable life, I just speak strength and encouragement into the hearts of every believer here this morning. That, Lord, we may be encouraged to build a strong foundation that in their time of need, the word from God will just come up to them and keep them standing firm. That, Lord, we will be able to cast away the evil thoughts that the enemy tries to place in us. That the seed that we would sow when we speak to others will fall on soil that will absorb that seed. And that roots will grow deep into that seed. And there will be great fruit as a result. Father, I pray your blessing over this congregation. In Jesus' name. And before you sit down, I just wonder if there's anybody who right now you you've struggled with life and perhaps you've come here for the first time and you, you you don't know Jesus as your personal savior and maybe you've been coming a few weeks and months and you haven't really made made a commitment I would encourage you to just lift your heart to God if you're one of them I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. I'll ask the congregation to join and encourage others. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving your life for me. I accept Jesus into my heart right now. Lead me, guide me, strengthen me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.